This morning we have two readings. The first is from Isaiah chapter 53, verse 1 to 11. And the second reading is from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18 to 25. So that was Isaiah chapter 53, 1 to 11, and 1 Peter chapter 2, 18 to 25. So we'll start with Isaiah chapter 53 at verse 1. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living, for the transgression of my people he was punished. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering for sin, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. So the second reading is 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 18. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Well, thanks, Hannah. Uh, now, those of you who are younger, you might be starting your own activities now. Have a great time. For the rest of us, keep hold of uh, a Bible as I lead us in a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, that your word that we've just read, it doesn't just tell us about Jesus, but through it, we can encounter him, know him, and learn to walk with him. Help us by your spirit to do that this morning. We ask it in his name. Amen.
Now, picture this. Um, Alison was a friend of a friend, year nine at secondary school uh, in our English class one day. The teacher said something a bit different. Everyone, I want you to close your eyes, put your heads down on the desk. And after they'd done that, he said, now, if you're a Christian, would you just put your hand up in the air for a moment? A little surprised, but Alison was a Christian. She, she put her hand up in the air and the teacher said, that's fine. Uh, hands down and sit up, everyone. And then he said, now, Alison, would you stand up and explain to the class why you're a Christian? You picture that? If you're in Pathfinders or Grafted, you imagine that happening to you? Uh, you can feel the meanness of it, can't you? Uh, you can feel the vulnerability of having to, to stand up in front of the whole class. Look, it's the kind of thing that it doesn't just happen at school. Maybe you've experienced something like that where you feel like you've been got at for no good reason just because you're a Christian. Uh, Peter's readers certainly seem to have had that experience. This letter that we've been reading, Peter mentions the kind of things that have been happening to them. He talks about insults and threats, false accusations, abuse. Be a whole range of things going just from the, the gently mocking through to the, the life-altering accusations. Now he's been writing to, to church communities, they, they'll be like us. And he's been reminding them, look, if, if you're part of the church, if you're a Christian, you've been purchased by God through the saving work of the Lord Jesus. And you've been built into a spiritual house around Jesus. And you've got in in God's gracious plans, not because of anything you've done, but by trusting the good news about Jesus as you've heard it in his words. Being a Christian, it's a grace thing. And it's this gracious word that will keep us growing together as a church family. And as you grow, you'll change, Peter says. Remember a couple of weeks back, uh, Michael was reminding us, uh, Peter says, look, Christians, you're, you're different now, so live differently. Uh, this grace thing, it, it changes you. And Peter also said, look, God has, God has guaranteed your, your future in heaven, but, but now, now in the present, Christian, church families, you'll have to face difficulties in all sorts of different ways. The, the pattern is suffering now glory later. And that can kind of sound fine in the abstract, but the, the rubber really begins to hit the road in passages like we've read this morning. Do you see verse 18? Let, let me read that again for us. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, not only those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they're conscious of God. And look, just a little comment on slavery here. When Peter's writing, slavery is a societal norm. The, the, the Bible is not condoning slavery, but Peter is writing and speaking to people who've got to live in the real world. And as he talks, it's as if he's saying, look, God... God has a particular thing to say to those of you who feel most vulnerable. But even if you're not a slave, there's things to learn through, through what God says to them. And Peter's saying to these people, in the position you have, 
For as long as you're there, continue to act in the right way before God, regardless, regardless of how you're being treated. Now, I can imagine the questions. Look, does that mean if there should be no kind of whistleblowers if you come across bullying in the workplace, for example? No, that's not this. Now, where you can, and it's appropriate, we, we do those kinds of things. We must do those kinds of things. But Peter's saying, look, Christians, you, you know, you'll face situations where there, it's like there's someone above you who's got influence over you and they treat you unjustly and there's very little you can do about it because of the way your society works, whether it's here in the UK, somewhere else like France or, or China. The manager at work. Uh, the teacher at school, and the temptation you'll face will be to respond in kind, insult with insult, to find a kind of subversive way to get your revenge, just so you can feel that justice has been served. And Peter says, no. Christian, you don't do that. You keep living the right way. And he says, do you see the word he uses? He says it's commendable. Actually says it twice, if you've got a Bible there in front of you, in verse 19 and 20, he says it's, it's commendable if you bear up under unjust suffering. It's a funny thing because the word that we've got translated commendable there is it's the little Greek word charis. And it's the word we, we normally have translated grace. And I, I think what Peter's saying is, look, if, if you bear up under unjust suffering... It's a grace thing. And it's even more striking, I think, when you get to the end of the letter and you, you hear from Peter the reason, part of the reason he's writing. Let, let me read it for you. It comes in chapter 5, verse 12. And Peter says this, I have written to you briefly, encouraging and testifying that this is the true grace of God. Stand fast in it. And you hear what Peter's saying, look, having to bear up under unjust suffering, you've not moved from God's gracious plan. You get that. You think about Alison in that classroom, and, and Peter's saying, Alison found herself standing in the true grace of God. Don't you hear things like that and sometimes think, that's ridiculous? You feel that? I mean, Christians are just so wet, just bear up under, under suffering. How does that work? How, how can unjust suffering be anything other than unjust? How can it be a grace thing? And Peter says, well, look, picture this. Uh, not this time a, a girl in a classroom, but a, a little lamb standing before a butcher. In verse 22 in your Bibles, he, he quotes Isaiah 53 from the Old Testament that we had read for us. And, and when you read it, you find Isaiah paints a picture of a lamb, a little lamb standing before a knife. But he, he says, when you've seen that, picture this, because the lamb's really a person and a person in the most vulnerable position possible. They're about to be slaughtered. And the person is the Son of God, who'd never done anything wrong and yet was unjustly killed. And he died a slave's death. And then Peter drives it home for us. Verse 21. You see what Peter says? Christ suffered. Christ suffered for you. And he's saying, look, Christian, if, 
if you know Jesus at all, if you really know Jesus at all, you know bearing up under unjust suffering really can be a grace thing. Because Jesus did that for you. And he did it partly, verse 21, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. If as a church family, we want to, to follow Jesus in, in the year ahead as we, as we head into a new term, as we've heard over these past few weeks, we, we'll, we'll need God's word in our, in our small groups, in our Sunday, Sunday by Sunday. We'll, we'll need to be committed to the church family, to gathering and caring for one another. We'll need to live differently and you and I will need to learn this grace thing. Bearing up under unjust suffering and supporting others who have to do the same. Will you ponder that just for a moment and we'll sing our next song. And then when you come back, we'll think about the example that Jesus shows us. Well, great. Uh, do sit down again and if you're standing and, and grab your Bible. Look, we've seen, haven't we, looking at this passage, that, that Christians will often face unjust suffering, but, but bearing up under it is a grace thing as we follow Jesus. By the way, have you, have you noticed that with Jesus? Do you keep that in your mind that he rarely says, just follow my teaching? He usually always says, follow me. Wherever, wherever he leads us, he, he's gone through it first of all. And that's a grace thing. Now, let, let me show you three things, three things from these verses as we, we follow him. The dignity, the security, and the ambition in unjust suffering. Here's the first thing, look, the dignity of Christian suffering. I don't know if you're a big pudding fan, but you might like this. The, the frozen hot chocolate uh, is served, or certainly it used to be served at the Serendipity 3 restaurant in New York, I'm told along with, with lashings of chocolate and whipped cream. It's also made with five grams of edible 24 karat gold. It's garnished with truffle that is, that is flown in from Paris, especially for it. It's served in a goblet uh, that is decorated with a diamond encrusted band and you eat, it with a, you eat it with a golden spoon that's yours to take home at the end of the night. It sounds incredible, doesn't it? Sound good? $25,000 a portion. And you realise, don't you, not even dine out to help out is going to get you one of those. And that, that's the way it is for most of us. That's the way life works. You, you don't get to be with those who are really at the top. They, they sit at a different table. But the gospel is different. Because the one who's really at the top dignifies with his presence those who are considered to be at the bottom. The one who is of supreme value sits down with those who are considered to have none. Verse 24, Peter writes this, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. The cross was a punishment for slaves, for those who were considered right on the outside. That, that's one of the hard things about unjust suffering, isn't it? Being mistreated at school or work or, or somewhere else. It, it feels like you've been, you've been put on the outside. You, you've been humiliated. You've been judged to have less value. And Peter says, look 
Christian, if you find yourself put there for trusting God, do you see who you'll meet? The delight of heaven, the radiance of God's glory, the Prince of Peace, the Good Shepherd, the friend of sinners. There are no depths of of unjust suffering into which you can fall where the Lord Jesus hasn't already come with his gracious, dignifying glory. You'll be with him. He dignifies the lowest who suffer in following him. And then there's a security in Christian suffering. You might think all this talk of bearing up is is just some kind of British stiff upper lip, just get on with it, grin and bear it. But Peter says, no, it's much more secure than that. Verse 23, see what he says? When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When they suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Peter's saying, look, we We live in a moral universe, right and wrong matter, and there is a just judge. No wrong done to you will be forgotten or overlooked. It's one of the infuriating things, isn't it, about injustice, the the feeling that those who've done it are somehow going to get away with it. The unjust boss, the the mean teacher, the cruel spouse or parent, the, the brutal prison guard in North Korea or somewhere, but... Jesus says, no, no one will get away with anything. There's only ever a time delay. One day, everyone will stand before the judge. And that means you can complain about injustice. You can look for appropriate justice because right and wrong really does matter, but you don't need to get your own back. And if you ever feel powerless or or helpless, look, find security in knowing that there is a just judge looking after your case. You can entrust yourself to him and continue to live in the good way that he says. Sometimes hear people say things like this, or they're the boss from hell or the the neighbor from hell. And if they're not being flippant, if it really is someone who makes life miserable, it is quite something, isn't it? But, But Peter would say, do understand that's not their origin. Hell is not where they're from. No, tragically, it's where they are heading to. Because there is a just judge for you, me, and everyone. And that is good news. Because it means that the final words in human history, history will be a word of justice. It will bring justice to everyone. But don't stop there, because there's also the ambition of Christian suffering. That's a funny kind of idea, isn't it? The ambition in suffering. But it's, it's there in verse 24, if you, if you have a look at it in your Bible. Let me read it again. Peter says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Peter says, When you look for those who are guilty of causing unjust suffering, we don't really need to look beyond ourselves. When you look for those who should appear before a just judge, we don't really need to look beyond ourselves, but Jesus himself bore our sins. That's a grace thing. His suffering had an ambition, not for 
not for retribution, but for reconciliation. Jesus bore up under the pain of unjust suffering with the ambition that through his suffering for sin, he might make his unjust enemies his forgiven friends. And it worked on you because you've been changed for eternity. That young woman, Alison, that I've mentioned, as she stood up in class about to speak, to most she would have looked the most humiliated, the most vulnerable, possessing little options. But Peter would say, look, look again, because she was actually the most dignified, the most secure, possessing an eternal ambition. And you ask why, and Peter would say, because it's a grace thing. It's because she was someone who trusted and loved the Lord Jesus and was about to tell people who were mistreating her about a gracious and forgiving saviour. And that is a grace thing. Now we're heading into September and things are about to start up again. School, work, church life. There's lots of fiddly things that we've got to sort out. But what's our vision? What's our ambition as a church? Peter's been saying to us, we want to grow by God's word. We want to be committed to one another, built together as a church family. We, we want to live differently. And here's an ambition that if we face suffering, unjust suffering, small or big, or friends in our church family do, we'll encourage one another asking this question, is this a grace thing? Is this something through which we get to reflect what Jesus is like to others so they might come to know him? It'd be good to talk about that if you're meeting in your small groups this week. We're going to have a final prayer in a moment, but before we do, let's stand and sing a final hymn that speaks about the security God gives us in the Lord Jesus. <laughs>